Today on Parent Time, we discuss music and movement as we talk to the creators of Adventures in Music, Gary and Carol Kreese, on Benny Asking People Questions. Today, I have the great pleasure of being joined by one of early childhood's musical gurus. Under the banner Adventures in Music, together they have provided a wealth of knowledge and insight into music and movement for the childcare sector. And despite perhaps not knowing their names, they have probably been a bigger musical influence on your child's daycare life than you may be able to account for. Their work with Nought to Fives has seen them become one of our greatest musical assets, providing rich musical and cultural experiences for both children and teachers alike. I am talking, of course, about Carol and Gary Crees, and I'm just a little overwhelmed to be joined by them here today. Hi, Carol. Hi, Gary. Thanks for taking the time. <laughs> Hi, you. Ben. We're a little overwhelmed <laughs> by the introduction. <laughs> I make a bit of a habit of, of you know, it's, you know, if it's over the top, then, you know, it sets, sets the tone. Um, okay, Carol, if I can start with you, um, just to get a bit of your background. You were actually an early childhood teacher, weren't you? Or No, actually, I began as a high school teacher. Went on to leave that after a couple of years, um, completed a social work degree and ended up working on the magic yellow bus and in um, sort of housing commission areas running, you know, sort of parents and babies groups, vacation care. Then uh, travelled overseas, had children of our own and Gary and I uh, started putting music and movement ideas together so yeah um, yeah we had a sort of a growing trajectory about the importance of early childhood Um, it was always something I was really interested in but um, for Gary I think musically he he was sort of looking at more primary age children when he started working with um music and children because you obviously come from a music i mean you were predominantly music first weren't you gary before yeah but i did work as a a primary teacher for a while yep not very long yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) why not very long well i love the kids but not 35 in one not 35 and and uh, and i'm just not a system person really i um if i had gone sideways i did actually have six six weeks with kindergarten i adored it but this was in 74 Mm. it wasn't they didn't. They didn't want men in the in um, infants yeah. in those days. They, I might have stayed if I had uh, could stay down with the young ones because I went back up to grade five, but I wasn't coping. Yeah. Uh, but this well, was in a very hard bitten area. I mean, I really felt for the kids, but I wasn't coping. How, yeah. how was it made clear that the, the being a male in that environment wasn't great? It just. I asked. I inquired. Mm. It's there was no interest. Yeah, there's mm. no no option to um, to do that. And so the two of you met, presumably, at some point. Um, and, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and at what point, basically, getting to it, at what point did the, the two, all your experiences merge into what you were talking well, about it was seeing a, sin- a need? It was a, a very gradual process. When, when our daughter went to preschool, I ended up doing music there. And then um, when she went to school in uh, kindergarten, I ended up doing music one day. And the principal walked in during the during it. I ended up doing the whole school, ended up having lunch with her. And she was one of these, uh, she was just the most, one of the most impressive people. She was just one of these people who, and she said, you should do this. Because mm. I knew nothing about theatre education performance. Mm. At the time, there were groups like Sidetrack and uh, 
a few other people doing it, but not many. It was very mm. few. And, um, and she just introduced me to the idea and what was happening. And so I, I started to put a show together and um, very, because I, yeah, I found I could write. I just really enjoyed writing simple, I'm good at writing simple poppy songs, mm. uh, even though I've been very much the singer-songwriter before mm. that in bands and that. So, um, yeah, it led on and I very quickly realised that um, I didn't want to do it by myself. I wanted to have yep. male and female together, working with the children. I just thought that was really appropriate and um, and I did I have tried along the way employing people but it just didn't work so when Carol and I joined together it sort of worked you know at um, well, financially did, for a start you know yeah just, and did just, that did that come about like the the he asked you to be part of it, Carol, because you obviously you're together, or was it like that? How you got together? Um, I don't know. It's no, still, no, still no we, we had we had been married for quite a while before yeah, sure. we had we had children. We married, uh, you know, when we were 22, I think 21, 22. So we'd been together for quite a period of time through all that early yeah. stage when both Gary and I started as teachers, hated teaching, both of us left teaching, sure. went off to find all sorts of other, try all sorts of other things. But um, I had a, a very strong dance background. I was say you so dance um, as well, I, I had studied classical ballet and, mm. you know, jazz ballet, folk dance, and I actually did a folk dance teacher's mm. course. So um, always loved multicultural music and that was something that Gary and I both mm. you know really wanted to do we were really passionate about that thing of we want to share diverse music from diverse cultures mm. um and it I, I really kind of got drawn into doing music with children partly because it was fun to do with our children and we'd you know Gary had started at our children's school um and it just helped to have someone else there to kind of manage doing things with the children. And I had done a lot of work mm. with children, obviously. Um, and so, you know, I wasn't a confident singer at that point. Sure. If Gary would stop singing, I would stop singing <laughs> as well in those early <laughs> days. It was like, oh, my God, someone can hear me singing. <laughs> um, so that, How was it when you heard yourself back for the first time on a recording? Oh, uh, not great. No, no, there were there was some, um, yeah, lots, but lots, I mean. Lots of editing. Uh, uh, yes, there was. <laughs> but that's. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 it, it was wonderful because it, it pulled me out of mm. a comfort zone because I was not a natural performer, that's for sure. I mean, it's been something that I've had to do, clowning workshops and, and I've had natural, to work on. Well, I was going to say, but you, you, you studied uh, recreational folk dancing, I believe. Is that what yes. you taught? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. And and obviously you said you classically trained ballet. Ballet. Yes. How do you how do you learn such such clearly overtly um, performance type things and then feel very uncomfortable with it? Well, it it probably was something that was there, but mm. uh, um, I guess I'd been comfortable dancing with a group of people. Oh, I had done a lot of dancing by myself, I'm sure, as well. But it, it, a different medium, I think. And so I always felt when when I started doing things with with people, and they and you could see they were very unconfident to sing children's songs that they were going to take back and try with children. 
I always felt, well, I really understand how you feel about this because that's mm. how I felt to begin with. And it took me quite a while, I think, of, you know, singing in a choir, you know, community choir here and things like that to mm. garner confidence in, in my own voice. And, um, and, you know, Gary helped a lot with that because, you know, he's always been really keen to have people find yeah, their sure. voice. And, um, I do so, workshops like that. Okay. But it's actually a real achievement for Carol because she had like no inner pitch. Yeah. Well, Most so, people yeah. do have an idea of pitch internally. Yeah. Carol didn't. Yeah, I found that a real struggle. So it's been so. a real... Yeah. What did, what did you, how did you overcome that? Is that kind of what they, just, is commonly referred to as being tone deaf or...? No, I don't think no, I was... No, no. I don't no, think, reference, no reference point inside. Yeah, I, I'm not it's sure. It was just, um, you know, I could. it was sort of... In those early days, I could sing up a scale, but not sing down a scale. I sure. Yeah, yeah. So you could sing she the could, song perfectly, she could follow. but, but she could may follow. not hit it on the note that necessarily yeah, where we need yeah. to begin. And and I and I'd sing. It was fine while I was singing by myself often because yeah, sure. I, it, you know, you can start on matter, any yeah. note, but if and you, you can sing, change the notes too. That's right. You change the notes. <laughs> you can sing it the second time round in a different key. It doesn't matter with children. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think it was, you know, and I, I've often said in workshops, it's it's not that expertise that children mm. take. Children love to be part of music and to be asked to be involved in your enthusiasm. Mm. And so I think that was a real, a really good learning lesson for me that, um, you know, I mean, just, just putting yourself out there into the pleasure and the enjoyment of creating through music uh, is the wonderful thing to do with children. Mm. They're not um, examining whether you're singing on key yeah. or, you know. So, um, I mean, I, have, I certainly have improved a lot over the years because mm-hmm. I've had a lot of practice. <laughs> so, Wouldn't you like to bounce, bounce, bounce like a basketball? Wouldn't you like to bounce, bounce, bounce like a basketball? Wouldn't you like to bounce, bounce, bounce like a basketball? Definitely not. We're doing K to six, mm. basically, and um, looking back, you know, really it was the young ones who we were happy with. In fact, we had we always had some suggestion like that. We thought we, we can't make a living, we can't just live on early childhood, but the really young ones. But we, um, when we got started to do some sets and just preschools, we just found we enjoyed it so much. And also we could communicate, we didn't have to go through an agent, and that was a big, big thing for us. Mm. We could be personal. Mm. And mm. we just found we met, met the most wonderful people and we just it just felt really positive. Whereas schools, it's a big thing. You could Often you'd turn up and uh, the teacher who, organ, who booked it wasn't there. Or, yeah, sure. And they, the, the teachers would just either walk out or just sit there and do notes and stuff and it just didn't feel... And we'd put, I put a lot of time into pre-performance notes and all sorts of mm. things. You know? So going to a preschool just felt... Or childcare centres felt so much more... Personal. And it fitted with us. I think the, t- mm. the two of us together, I think it really fitted. I adjusted my expectations of music down, I think. As a musician, mm. I had to really limit myself. Mm. There's a real reward in that, you know, that pressure of finding to finding something really simple that's really catchy and it really engages. Um, yeah, there's a quite an art to it. Absolutely. And mm. I, I kind of the thing about um, the naught to five, which I think it probably suits what Adventures in Music does is it feels to me that it's more about sort of passing on 
songs and passing on knowledge so when you're not there it carries on is that kind of a fair thing that's very much what we our performance is really meant to be like a mini workshop but in workshops particularly our whole point is to get to give some and generate some confidence and and a framework to just go out and do it yourself well that's the one don't learn that song don't just learn the act the way we teach to do this do the actions you know, let it be a living thing. But that's let the thing about the, 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 the recordings themselves, and we'll get to, like, the, the actual approach of, of doing the audio, but listening again to them just recently, I, I found myself thinking this is less to put on in the background but more for me to go take on as much of that, that stuff as I can and then pass it through myself as a teacher or as a parent also mm-hmm. to my own child mm-hmm. to, to be able to perform those things in front of my child. Because it's an interesting thing you were saying before about people are really uncomfortable about singing and I think that's something really relevant when you're talking about nought to fives is people are uncomfortable to sing in front of their kids. They have this expectation of what they should be like. Yes, um, yeah. Are you conscious in that of that in your workshops? I mean, do you try to present I've... something that can be then... Well, I, I think I think what we're what we're trying to do is is present some things that are immediately engaging for the children, so that the the staff in a, in a sense can really easily run with that activity mm. that the the actions or what's being asked of the child, the kind of the task or you know whatever it is of that song, is is obvious to the child as much as to the teacher so that then there there's a, a kind of a safety net I think mm-hmm. for people of you know well there's a sequence of actions that you know the kids are going to do and there's humor in those actions mm-hmm. so that the kids are engaged and then it allows a bit more I think sort of confidence or um, just easiness for for the adults, I think if they've if they've got something that they know that is going to engage the children, is going to be fun for them, then it cuts out a lot of the problems and issues, especially as we we've got the level of kind of fun and entertainment, but we we really want a a learning um, sort of experience happening as well. We get more feedback probably from um, workshops, you know, Mm. where people come along to workshops and they go, wow, that was really fun doing that. And we go, great, now that's what we want the children yeah. to feel when you do it with the children yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know sure. and um and and you know uh, i mean even even the workshop we did last night a couple of people come up and said that was really fun and you go oh. okay so this so obviously <laughs> so, so obviously your work also is just not exclusively nought to fives as well like i mean no, I know it was, was well being for, for t- teachers you know i know you do teacher workshops, workshops but yes. are you saying now that you do things for different no, it's within it's the early childhood. It's all early, early, early childhood. <laughs> Sorry, I got tongue-tied there. Early childhood stuff. Although sometimes we do get some of oh, yeah. the the Ush people out of school. Yep. 
hours uh, people as well, um, occasionally school teachers. I mean, one thing Adventures in Music is um, is best, no- well, in my brain is best known for, I say best known for, but it just might be what I think is the best thing about it, <laughs> is, um, yeah. is your multicultural content. I mean, mm-hmm. it's every one of your albums there's like 50 percent 60 percent they're they're from other they're, they're all in different languages other mm. cultures and things that actually yes. happened very very much because that uh, principal i mentioned who actually um she also not only suggested doing that work but she introduced me to that she told me about the new system new um, curriculum that was coming in at the time in, it, in in primary education, that was very much the main thing in the music component was multicultural. Okay. So it was this blend. It was just this happenstance of two things coming together. Yeah. And so I did. I knew nothing about multicultural stuff before that. I'm a kid. I'm a boy from the suburbs. You know. Yeah. Um, right. And it was just like wow. <laughs> you know, I just that's... I took off. I suddenly I'm buying bazookies. I'm buying accordions. And that's what I say. I mean, you look at bands now. You know, how many young people are, you know, playing all sorts of different instruments? Well, back in those days, yeah. no one did it. You yeah. Know, it was very unusual. So, and that gave us a basis for our show. Because it's extraordinary. The songs, the songs you have, I mean, I still think, you know, we're, we're talking 20 years later, I still struggle to find that kind of variety mm. in anything else that's provided for children. It's actually quite hard to find appropriate material. Some from that... different cultures, some cultures might have lovely lullabies, but they don't have you know other things for children because they their attitudes to children differ very much in terms of developmentally in that you know so that 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 impinges on what music gets. Where do you start? Created. Where do you look? But we oh, we well we were had been very um, involved in in folk music, you know, going to folk festivals and things like that. And and there's an enormous amount of multicultural folk music in Australia now that's coming in through, you know, sort of folk festivals. But I was also, you know, sort of very involved in Folk Dance Australia and that was all multicultural that dance. That was after that, wasn't it? Um, because it of was... the interest we started to look in. We joined the choir, we joined... Um... Yeah, but when yeah. when we were putting songs from around the world that together, we that was later had that was been in, we had but we had been involved in yeah. in um in those we just basically kind of got things. involved. We went put 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 feelers out. And we ended up involved so, in so a, really We went to any workshop we could go to with any musician from yeah, we, overseas, we spent a lot African of time musicians, yeah, and right. uh, you know, we, so it really was just a case of going. This is. Not niche isn't a great word, but this is something that we think is important and we're just going to go and find well, it. Well, I guess it was something that we we got a, an enormous amount of pleasure from. Hold him down, you Zulu warrior. Hold him down, you Zulu chief, chief, chief. I say, zumba, zumba, zumba. I say, zumba, zumba, say. I say, zumba, zumba, zumba. I say, zumba, zumba, say. At the start of dances around the world, you, there's a there's a quote where you say, "We have endeavoured to the best of our ability to research and record the music as authentically as possible. We have mm. adapted the dances to make them more suitable for early childhood use." With a lot of multicultural content, or the content that you were finding, did you find it difficult? Was it was it um, 
was there sensitivity around it? Did you have to, particularly with religious songs? I mean, and you're talking about the pronunciations and things like that. Was it a lot of work? I mean, to it was, sort of have, even have permission to, to some of them. Oh, we yes, always yeah. sought, sort of sought permission. But yeah. we found most people are really happy for you mm. to, if you make... It's a bit like if you visit Paris and you make an attempt to speak some French, people just appreciate it. Mm. It's, just, it's very much what it was like. I guess about just going, I don't but know took how to do a, can you help me? Yes, yeah. It took oh, a while. Yeah, took, the right. songs around the world took quite a while to collate the music because we wanted to make sure that it was all material that was usable and and there was a diversity just musically through the album as mm. well. But for me as a musician, I just found my niche because I'd grown up in you know folk rock bands and playing blues and things. And I just found when I, I just loved, I just love anything. You know, I just so Macedonian, throat, open throat singing, you, you name it, I was just into it. E tolo to mai i pato, so over ai i ai. Le pato la poi, le pato la titi, lau mana o ai. A tal si lovely pato, o to mana o ai. E ala my love, e la tangi tangi mai. E ala my love, e la tangi tangi mai. At first, I was a bit sheepish about doing monoculture music because I'm an Australian and I don't have any background. But what I came to in talking to people and just investigating it was, okay, we're going to be the conduit to introduce this people to this music. So we were embracing the you know, multicultural diversity mm. in Australia. So our idea was, well, hopefully people will go and listen to the real thing. And maybe that's something that's actually happening more now, mm. uh, hopefully. Because there's a rule. You you seem to have, as as the as the main songwriter. There seems a real real affection for tradition in your in in the sort of music that you play. Like there's a lot of nursery rhymes and things that are sort of feel like you know they've sort of disappeared and you've brought them back. I mean, uh, do you find yourself quite drawn to that kind of folk? Sort um, of, you know that tradition. We didn't, neither sort of us thing? grew up with any tradition of music in the house. Um, I mean. If Carol did, it would be musicals. You know, her mother mm. was really into show <laughs> yes. tunes and things like that. But my my family no music at all. But obviously, it was music in my father's family, going further back. I think uh, Off Schulberg, which Carol mentioned mm. before, was very much fleshing out that the, the importance of the folk process and uh, music coming through that because they're trying to test um Patterns of moving of uh, type, you know, of melodies that just work. They just get in your brain, and you know, like the best pop songs, they just get in your brain, and you, they're very quick to learn, very easy to learn. So I guess, and I started out. I mean, I started out when you know, Dylan was the Dylan and Neil Young. Those sort of people were my peers, my peers at the time. You know, people who I was listening to. So I grew up in that tradition, and so I was very much involved in the folk process. But I've never been a Never been a hard line. There's a lot of people who are really into that and they just has to be done this way. I'm not into that. I'm a mm. syncretist. I take things from everywhere. And I think that's what the folk process is. That's what that's a strength that uh, it, it evolves, it changes to suit the times. And um, it's happening a lot of, lot of in, you know, out there in the world at the moment with ordinary, yeah. with adult music. But uh, with children's music, yeah, that's a very strong component of our approach, I think. Yeah, we saw yeah. that it's very important. Zoom gali 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 zoom gali gali zoom gali 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 zoom Zoom gali 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 zoom gali gali zoom gali 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 zoom 
talk a lot about the benefits of music through movement and Mm -hmm. I, I do you see them as almost the same thing in your head is it just music and movement are just the one in the well, same mutually inclusive maybe maybe we should probably you know throw in a few musical <laughs> uh, sort of learning styles and something that's been really influential for Gary and I is offshore work music and that's it's based on the composer Carl Orff mm. and uh I think, you know, he's not alive anymore, but um, an Austrian sort of um, musician. And um, he, he around the time of the Second World War, was setting up music sort of curriculums for children in Austria. And it, it sort of has grown, like Kadai mm. has grown um, worldwide, although it's probably not as well known. But for us, it's been really... Um, influential yeah. in, in our thinking because um, uh, it's it's very much about seeing children as kinesthetic creatures and that they learn best through their bodies, that, that thing of, you know, their body is their window to the world. Um, and so if you can if you can get children to put in their body the the rhythm, the beat in uh, gross motor ways, then it, it, it's so much easier for them to go on to the fine motor control of using a percussion instrument. Um, and if you embed the, the notation of a song while they're doing other simple actions and movements and things like that, then you've got so many fun ways of, of teaching and having them hear the music. Um, and I guess because my, my background is in dance, there's also so many things that you can do with you know the multiplicity of movement ideas how do you see the movement that happens that's associated with music? How's that different or what what benefits does it have outside of like why is it different to, to running around playing a sport? You know, why why is that kind of movement a bit um, more special? Why is it more special? Um it, it's a good question. Um now let me think carefully about that. I I, th- I think that um, I guess I guess the 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 music um, the music skills that you you wanting children to take on board can become embedded in a physical way. So in a sense, if a child has walked the beat, if they've clapped to the beat, if they've stamped their feet to the beat then it's so much easier for them to actually keep the beat when they're singing a song. Yeah. Um, and and that, you know, all goes in mm. internally. The same thing with, um, you know, drama play and, and movement to music. If a child has, you know, sort of had to creep around because the music's really quiet or they've had to stamp because the music's really loud, you know, then in their body they've put those differences in dynamics in music um 
and and that's the way I would always orient myself. But but I, I think with with dance, the other thing is that the the social aspect of it, the um, the learning to be in a group, to participate with other people, to recognise. But I, I I very much I think look at look at things in. <laughs> <laughs> I think the cat would like to answer yeah. that question. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, there's, there's so much about children in terms of multisensory integration that, you know, our brain is initially wired through movement. Mm. And my master's was very much in terms of music and early learning, but looking at it from very much from that movement aspect initially and how you know, those movement milestones that children initially do set up a kind of a scaffolding mm. in the brain. And then the more complex cognitive skills are placed, overloaded or, you know, infill the child's brain. So movement, I think, is is just absolutely essential for, for a child's mm. effective learning later on. They don't do all the fine motor skills if they haven't done the gross motor skills. And in okay. music, I see that you can give children just this multiplicity of movement experience that then does go on to help with all the eye tracking, you know, eye convergence, hand and eye control that's going to be part of reading and writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, you can, you know, it's really important for children to run around and move in all sorts of different ways. But for a teacher, you, you can target that movement when you, you're moving to a, a, a song or you're moving to a dance, you can set the expectations that you can start and then yeah. s- make it more challenging and more challenging. You do and that in, in dances for young children because um, a lot of the other resources, there's there's always suggestion. There's like, you know, with this song, you could try this, you can get the children to do this, whereas dances for young children is quite specific moves mm, which you don't mm. do in the others it's very much on the on the 16 steps they do this then they move into well, that's that. folk dance yeah, yeah that's 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 making a dance work yeah. effectively um i think but the other thing i tried to do in that was start off with really simple things and and then shift on to something that was more challenging so you give the for the younger children you help them to succeed first um and then move on to something more challenging Whereas for older children, yes, start at the really easy things because that's effective, learn an effective way of teaching them as well. How do you feel about writing to themes? So, like, often the hardest thing to say to a musician or artist or anyone is just do what you want. You know, it's usually the most perplexing thing. But the total reciprocal of that is with children's music, like we discussed in the yeah. past. It's really complex to be really simple. Yes. It's a very difficult. It's a, it's a very long. Pr- how agonising is it for you to do an album of 40 songs? <laughs> like, that's oh, a lot no, of, you know, that's, that's a no, lot the, of work. The writing and, and uh, pairing it down is something I really enjoy. Mm. 
the recording's separate, but the actual writing, I enjoy that process of paring it down, paring it down, paring it down. That's what I learned to do. Early and on. you're physically talking about the actual, just the, the chorus verse, the actual, like, yeah. not mm. the less instruments. You're talking literally about no, there's to get too the much verse in there, too much melody change going on. I need to just pare that back a bit. Melody, I don't, music usually just, for me, just, um, it's the words usually. But we've had a lot of fun, you know, sort of together writing some stuff, haven't we? I mean, oh, it's a very um, positive process. It's 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 the fun part. It's the fun part. Yeah, yeah. Putting the, putting the ideas together and um, and see that constraint. Part of it is recording the music. You know, I mean, at first it it, it was a um, a ch- um, it could be annoying or irritating, but once you get used to it, oh, that's just how it is, and you just go with it. That constraint, like when when you were doing the Happy Beat song, some of them trying trying to fit with some of the themes of the EY, the Elf, the EYLF, mm. <laughs> um, was very challenging. To yeah. ha- how do you make a, a really engaging song about or what, what, about food or gardening? You know, because Carl wanted to put some of these. More. Some of those, yeah, some of those sort of themes into the mm. songs, and then we were very much writing to a theme, really. And and there's been lots of other good things that have been done. So you, you know, you, and I, I don't think, I, I think that some of the other things that were are more spontaneous um, often work better than. I mean, yeah, we've, we've yeah, had totally. we've had some other projects where we've tried to right to a theme remember the road safety one and a few things like that and it's a bit like writing with sure. a with a straight belt <laughs> i mean a They're straight always, jacket on <laughs> yeah whereas the ones that that flowed the ones that just flowed flowed are the ones that i i and then there's more humor i'm fond of and yeah, yeah. shane and josh were the main as partners the wild west had ever Talk me through the process of writing um, and then to the recording and finishing. And let's just, for example, I don't know, uh, just picking one random song out of the thin air. Perhaps we'll just work with one of the greatest children's songs ever created for children, um, Shane and Josh. <laughs> the, the process. <laughs> Shane and Josh still, still to this very day, yes. like my my director and I will still, if if there's like even even a uh, you know a bit of a bit of a thought that the kids are on edge, it's Shane and Josh. There's lots of shouting, lots of running. That's awesome. Great. It's great. That's great. Well, it was started with two naughty little nephews. So it's um, about real children, and I was just. Oh, are they literally? Are they called Shane and Josh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are they really? Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's our two, our two. They're huge now. Gary's, and they're Gary's both living overseas. Two little great. boys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I minded them a lot when they were young. Uh, That's and, awesome. And um, it just came out of being with them. Too. Just two boisterous boys, you know. Um, Always but, getting into mischief. That recording, from memory, uh, it, yeah, it's from most of it's MIDI. Um, and it's a very simple backing. Mm. Um, one, part of the reason it's MIDI is because it changes chromatically; it goes up chromatically. Each 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 verse is a half, is a semitone mm. up. So to do that on real instruments would have been a nightmare. Mm. So it has mm. to be, had to be MIDI. Um, 
and I had, um, but I did have the help of two fantastic singers, Steve Tabner, who now has the um, Spooky Men's Chorale, which is one of the best choirs in the country. Shane and Josh were the meanest partners the world was to ever say. That, that song, you know, it's just that thing you could never imagine it anything's going to be so, so simple could be so popular but that's I assume why somehow I just it just you know just it just evolved you know uh, and it's just I mean I, the reason I just think it's great is it's it's like it's just everything that's really good about kids music like like just it's it's got a totally singable chorus. It's got enough shouting. It's got running if you want to let it happen. Mm. You know, like it's just all the, I oh, look and it's cowboys and it's fun, you know. You probably shouldn't analyse it too much. <laughs> no, it's just, no, it's just a lot of fun. Well, I, I sometimes think too, you know, I mean, how politically correct would it be now to be writing a song like that, you know, with guns going off at the beginning. And, it's you know, it, it's, it, it's yeah. interesting when you look back on and you know, the meanest partners in the West. And, you know, I, I was thinking, well, does humour about around children change? I mean, we've mm. seen a lot of a lot of change yeah. <laughs> in our lives around issues. And, um, yeah, I was thinking about it the other day, actually, and it's a, it's a good question. It's interesting you, you picked mm. that one. Gary and Carol, thank you very much for joining me today. I'm a little bit beside myself that I've had the chance to meet you both, and uh, so thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you. Thank you. Look, we must say this was a really enjoyable thing to do, Ben. So thank, thanks so much. And, yeah, thank you for your passion and enthusiasm. It's wonderful. Excellent. My pleasure. If you'd like to know more about Carol and Gary, you can visit their website at www.adventuresinmusic.com.au. And, of course, for more Parent Time goodness, visit www.bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny, asking people questions. Yeah.